always something personal. Hey, it's your man Ben Farrell with Thinking Out Loud. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everybody's doing right. All right, we in New York City. Right, I'm gonna start with this one first. New York City scooter shooter, elderly man killed, three others randomly hurt. One person is dead, and multiple others were hurt Saturday after the New York Police Department said a man on a scooter went on a random shooting spree across multiple barrels. Police say in just 27 minutes, the suspected gunman traveled to five locations, spanning Brooklyn to Queens two hours after the first attack. A 25-year-old was taken into custody. Police said the shooting started just after 11 in the morning in Brooklyn at Ashford Street and Arlington Avenue. A 21-year-old man was shot in the shoulder. 17 minutes later, the fatal gunfire rang out in Richmond Hill, Queens on Jamaica Avenue. Surveillance video captured the moment the suspect made a U-turn on Jamaica Avenue and 109th Street and appeared to target a person walking on the opposite direction before shooting. An 86-year-old man was hit and killed. Damn. Minutes later, police said the suspect still on the scooter randomly shot up at a group of people, but nobody was hit. All right. Then at 11.35 in the morning, police said a 44-year-old man was shot in Queens. The bullet struck his cheek, and he is in critical condition. Right after that, a 63-year-old man was shot in the shoulder. He's hospitalized in stable condition. He was gunning for, like, elderly men. I wonder why. Shortly after that, 1 p.m., Police spotted the person on the wanted scooter and took him into custody without incident. Police said the scooter was illegal and didn't have a license plate. Police said on Saturday that all shootings appeared to be random. The window of a beauty store near one of the shootings was completely shattered. One man working across the street at a supermarket said he saw one of the victims fall to the ground. Jamaica Avenue is a popular and busy street for businesses and pedestrians. Yes, it is. It's very, a lot of heavy traffic. Foot traffic, car traffic, you're not really going to get nowhere in Jamaica Avenue. Y'all trust me. Trust in that. Uh, the NYPD counter terrorism was blocking off several streets to traffic still in the late hours of the afternoon. The investigation is ongoing and there is no known motive at this time. So it was a guy in the school who was just shooting at random people. He killed one elderly, elderly man, but it looked like all of the targets were older men, elderly men. That was like all of the targets. He even made a U-turn to shoot at one elderly man and stuff. So they got him in camera. He ain't had no license plates on the um, scooter, so they couldn't even, they really ain't see him or they had to figure out who he was. And that means the investigation is still ongoing because they probably don't even have the right guy. That's why the investigation is still going at this moment. So that's a guy in the scooter. They call him the scooter shooter. Now, moving along, NYC got programs 
um, gifts bicycles to the asylum seekers. So they get free bicycles and stuff like that. So they can move around the city. All right. On Saturday, hold on. On Saturday, New Immigrant Community Empowerment, also known as NICE, hosted its first bike distribution and transportation info day for asylum seekers. It was a no-brainer to fill a void and help a new population coming to the city. So we asked regular New Yorkers to donate unused bikes, said Jeremy Lockett, the community outreach manager for Bike New York. Mm, this event was held in Jackson Heights, Queens, and was a partnership between Bike New York and the Mayor's Office of Immigrant Affairs. The bikes went to the migrants who have recently arrived in the city. It is very important to be able to get around, said Oscar of Venezuela, who arrived a year ago. He was one of the dozens who received a new bike and was beyond thankful. Incredible. I feel happy because it is a wonderful gift for me. You know, he said, I have never been gifted almost anything in my life. And it is a wonderful gift to know that the city of New York and, and this country, the United States, are helping us. I am grateful to all the organizations. They make dreams come true. That's from one uh, migrant that came. He's from Venezuela. All right. For many asylum seekers, they arrive in New York City with just the clothes on their backs. They say being able to get a bike means they have a way to get around. Having a transportation like a bike means you are going to be able to find a job, go to work, go to a medical appointment, go to an attorney appointment, go pick up the kids. It's so useful, right? And at the same time, it's a joyful experience experience, said uh, Nilvia Coyote, the executive director of NICE, the Department of, Transportation, uh, the Department of Transportation donated 200 Vision Zero helmets. Officials expect to distribute more bikes throughout the summer. Right, right, right. Well, they're helping out the migrants. United States of America. Yeah. They're giving away jobs and bikes. I wish they could give me a job. I need one. Everybody needs a job. Two or three or better, right? All right, there's another one right here. A man fatally stabbed at the CVS in Midtown, Manhattan. We in New York City right now. We gonna, we gonna, all eyes is on New York right now. You know what I'm saying? Then we gonna take a trip to the West Coast. West side? We gonna take a trip over there to Los Angeles, see what's going on over there. Then after that, we gonna, might, we might take a trip to Chicago. You did. A man fatally stabbed at CVS in Midtown. Midtown. NYPD officers responded to a report of an alleged robbery inside the CVS on 1619 Broadway in Midtown early Thursday morning around midnight. When police arrived, they found a 50-year-old man with a stab wound on his torso. EMS transported the victim to the NYC Health and Hospitals Bellevue, where he was pronounced dead. Whoa. Police arrested and charged Scotty Eno, a 46-year-old 
for the murder and criminal possession of a weapon. Sources believe that some kind of altercation occurred between Scotty and a CVS employee and the 50-year-old alleged shoplifter. And the 50-year-old alleged shoplifter, Scotty is accused of pulling out a knife and fatally stabbing the 50-year-old. The victim's identity has not been released and it's still unclear what led up to the stabbing. The incident is raising questions over self-defense. Jasmine Hawes works in retail and says she often faced similar scenarios. All right. Uh, Status. Antona Kapu owns Carnegie Diner and Cafe, a restaurant around the corner from where the stabbing happened. He says he feels the store, the stores that are constantly targeted by shoplifters, lifters, but doesn't believe employees should take matters into their own hands. We have the same issues, people coming and getting up to leave without paying. It happened when we first opened our new location on 8th Avenue and 50th Street. It is really upsetting for us. I don't believe in taking the law into your own hand. This is not our job. Our job is to operate business and employee, employ people and satisfy customers, says Anatona Kubu. I can't say it. Obviously, she's from uh, another country. Uh, new sources reach out to the CBS for comments. A representative, a representative says we are cooperating with the police in their investigation of this incident right here. All right, so they don't have too many details. They don't know what really happened between the victim and the suspect and why the victim got stabbed to death. All right, so you know, police arrested and charged Scotty Eno, a 46-year-old, for the murder and criminal possession of a weapon. Sources believe that some kind of altercation occurred between Scotty and the CVS employee and the 50-year-old alleged shoplifter. All right? That's the information right there that got a little kind of discrepancy right there. Scotty is accused of pulling out a knife and fatally stabbing the 50-year-old. All right, all right, Scotty. The victim's identity has not yet been released. It is unclear what led up to the stabbing. The incident is raising questions over self-defense. See what I'm saying? So there you go, right there. What else they got for me? You know what I'm saying? It's not even clear yet what really happened. Yeah, Spotify got me working hard, man. They got me like I gotta keep on going. Which one is this? Oh. Okay, they got another one right here. Might as well get them all out the way. A very dangerous inmate escapes Pennsylvania jail using bed sheets, police say. Whoa, 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 whoa. Warren, Pennsylvania. Authorities from local state and federal agencies were searching Saturday for an inmate described by police as very dangerous who escaped from a jail in northwestern Pennsylvania using bed sheets, officials stated. Michael Burham, a 34-year-old, escaped from a jail in Warren by climbing on, ex climbing on exercise equipment 
and using bed sheets to escape through a window. Authorities said Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens of the Pennsylvania State Police said Burnham was being held in lieu of $1 million bail on kidnapping, burglary, and other charges. And Rowan police said he was a suspect in a homicide investigation. All right, law enforcement officials believe Burham was still in the Warren area and had likely changed clothes since he escaped wearing a blue denim coat and orange gel jumpsuit. Bivens told a Saturday news conference, Burham is a self-taught survivalist with military experience and could be potentially holed up in a wooded area, Bivens stated. He is considered very dangerous, and the public is asked to be vigilant and report anything out of the ordinary, police said in a Facebook post. The U.S. Marshals Service was offering a $7,500 reward for information leading to Burnham's capture, and Crime Stoppers was offering $2,000, uh, Mr. Bivens said. All right. Two decades ago, on the opposite side of the Commonwealth, an inmate being held on murder charges after bodies were unearthed on his Wilkes Bar property, took advantage of a botched repair job and used a rope fashioned from bedsheets to shimmy down from a seventh floor cell in the Luzerne County Prison or Luzerne County Prison. Officials said a window repair after a 1989 escape attempt had two panes that were too small and secured only with caulking, so they were easily broken out. Hugo Selensky spent three days on the lamb after the October 2003 escape before turning himself in. Another inmate was injured in a fall during the escape attempt and was recaptured. Selensky beat two murder charges in 2006 trial and a 2006 trial, but was convicted of two murders in 2015 and was sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole. That's something that happened back in the day in a different uh, location close to the area, that county in Warren, whatever. But they got one guy, he ran away. He got up out of there. His name is Mr. Burnham, all right? Well, well, that's his last name. His full name is Michael Burnham, 34 years old, escaped from a jail in Warren by climbing on exercises, uh, by climbing on exercise equipment and using bed sheets to escape through a window. Authorities said that Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens of the Pennsylvania State Police said Burnham, Mr. Burnham, was being held in lieu of $1 million, Lau Lu, of $1 million bail on kidnapping. He was held in a, in a county jail. That's a, another word for Lou. So he was held in the county jail on a $1 million bail on a kidnapping, burglary, and other charges. And Royal Police said he was a suspect in a homicide investigation. So this guy got some gall. You see what I'm saying? So he really jumped and did what he had to do. He didn't give a damn. He was invested. You could tell he was very invested and determined that he was going to get his ass up out of there. 
He probably premeditated that shit. I don't know how long he was in that county jail for, but you could tell he was determined, man. He got galled like a motherfucker, straight up. God damn. Mm-hmm. And then they say he got military experience too, so he know how to survive in the woods and stuff like that. And he probably changed his clothes. They got a $7,500 reward plus a $2,000 from Crime Stoppers. That's goddamn, what's that? That's like $9,500 altogether. Shit, I don't know. That might change one of y'all lives. There y'all go. This is your man's Ben's Pharrell with Thinking Out Loud. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Box Benji, and Box Benji everything for the goddamn Twitch, uh, Rumble, Instagram, and then TikTok is underscore murder envy. Holla at you, man. I'm going to be back with another segment just for you so you can listen to, so you can think about what you need to do for yourself. Holla at you later, player. Want to make a podcast? Spotify got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can get started today. Then you can get it distributed, your podcast, to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take a conversation with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it took my talent to a whole nother level, and I'm happy about that. I feel like I have options like video podcasts and Q&A polls that lets me be creative on another level. I highly recommend it. You give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters on your app store or go to the www.spotify.com podcasters to get started.